Welcome to the RSM podcast, Just Preaching program, where we highlight sermons from preachers previously interviewed on our Frontline Servants program. But as we said in the first program in this series, we are making an exception with these first two programs. We're hearing from six young men that we hope to interview someday in the future. These young men, ages 13 to 17, all attended the 2013 Enduring Light Preaching Camp sponsored by the Atlas Uriah Fund and held at Mid-South Christian College in Memphis, Tennessee. For more information about Mid-South Christian College, visit their website at midsouthchristian.edu. For more information about the Atlas Uriah Fund and or the Enduring Light Preaching Camp, visit the atlasuriahfund.org. And for more information about our free revival ministry or to explore more of our audio and video recordings, visit our website at rocksolidministries.org. Again, rocksolidministries.org. These six young men spent three days in intense Bible study learning the basics of sermon prep and delivery. Then, on their final night of camp, they presented their sermons before a full house at Christview Christian Church in South Haven, Mississippi. On our last podcast, we heard messages from the first three young preachers, Devin, Toby, and Aiden, in the order in which they were delivered. On this program, you will hear from the final three in the order in which they were delivered on that night. Enjoy these Bible-based messages from Jay, age 17, Luke, age 13, and Alex, age 14. Good evening. Hi, my name is Demarion Davis. I'm from Northside Christian Ministry in Jonesboro, Arkansas. Um, Before we get started, let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for gathering us here today. Um, that we can come into your presence humbly and that you can fill us up with your spirit and that we can receive your word. And we pray that we won't be distracted by the things surrounding us like Pastor Marcus. Uh, but we pray that we can meditate on your word and that, we, that your word can transform us into better spiritual servants that you made us to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Have you ever felt like complaining on things that doesn't even matter towards you? Well, make sense towards you? For example, you're in your room and your mom is in the kitchen. She called you to wash the dishes. But when you get there, there's dishes in the sink. She's already in the kitchen and your sibling is at the table doing completely nothing. (laughs) So we complain about why should I wash dishes when my sister's right there doing nothing and she's getting on your nerves, and you called me from my room while I was playing the game just to wash a sink full of dishes. Will you turn your Bibles with me to Philippians chapter 2, starting at verse 12? And we're going to look at what God said through Paul about complaining. And will you there, will you please say amen? Amen. Therefore, My dear friends, just as you have always obeyed, so now, not only in my presence, but even more in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, 
for it is God who is working in you both good will and to work according to his good purpose. Let us obey the commandment of our God that he can use us according to his good work and to develop our purpose. In or out of his presence, we need to give him glory. But remember, God is always looking. For example, a historical event in Genesis chapter 12, when God called Abraham to leave his land, Abraham had every right to complain. Why do I need to leave my land when I have my sheep, my herds, good plantation, good water? But Abraham didn't question God's authority. In verse 4, it says that he left the land. Picking up at verse 14, stay with me. Do everything without grumbling and arguing. That's kind of hard. Because we always want to get the last voice, the last saying, the last two cents. Whatever we do, we need to stop complaining about the situation that God placed us in. He's trying to use it to develop us, then call us to do his will. Another example in Exodus chapter 3, when God called Moses through the burning bush, and he told Moses, Moses, go to Pharaoh and tell Pharaoh to release my people. Moses complained. Who am I supposed to go and talk to Pharaoh to release your people? In verse 14, he said, God told him, I am who I am. I will be with you. I will guide your tongue. We need to stop complaining about the situation. Genesis chapter 22 in verse 3, when God called Abraham to sacrifice his son, Isaac. Abraham didn't complain. He got up the next morning, packed his stuff, and went to the mountain that God showed him. Verse 15. So that you may be blameless and pure children of God who are faultless in a crooked and perverted generation, among whom you shine like the stars in the world. Blameless and pure, so that we can be children of God. Another historical event, John chapter 21, when Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon Peter, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, tend my lambs. Then he said, ask him another time. Simon Peter, son of John, do you love me? Yes, I love you, Lord, for only you know. Shepherd my sheep. Then the third time, broke Peter. Simon, Peter, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, as long as you are living, I love you. Feed my lambs. Three times that Jesus asked him. Ten means comfort. Comfort my lambs. Comfort those that are broken. And when you comfort them, shepherd them, guide them into the place of the unknown. You be the light for them. Feed them. Feed them truth in the spirit. Even in this dark and wicked world, this unfaithful generation filled with perverted, 
be the light. Someone shout at me, be the light. Purify them with truth in life. Verse 16. Keep losing my place. But thank God that I got a bookmark right there. <laughs> By holding firm to the word of life, then I can boast in the day of Christ that I didn't run or labor for nothing. Hold the firm of the word of life. In 2018, I was at church camp at Moark. Our thing was to speak life towards darkness. Speak life towards others, despise what they have done towards you. In Proverbs 18, 21, it says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who loves it will eat it. I don't know about you, I prefer to speak life. Because I serve a God of the living. How will you serve God if you're dead? So speak life. Verse 17. But even if I am poured out as a drink offering on the sacrificial service of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. In the same way, you should always also be glad and rejoice with me. In Romans 16, 19, Paul talked about the obedience. Your obedience had reached everyone. Therefore, I'm rejoicing over you. But yet, I want you to be wise about what is good and yet be innocent of what is evil. Amen. With our obedience of the commandments from our God, Paul is rejoicing for us, but want us to be wise of what is good, yet innocent of what is evil. In Luke 15, 10, it said, there is joy and rejoicing in the presence of the angel over one sinner who repented. God is repenting over one. God is rejoicing over one sinner who repents. From this sermon, I want you to remember, as a servant of Jesus Christ, be the light for others. Guide them towards everlasting life with the Father through the Son, who is our salvation. In John 14, 6, Jesus told his disciple, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Let this be the time to make a decision. Are, you, are we going to guide others to everlasting life with the fathers? Or are we just going to be the one that's going to speak death and just sit back while everybody else are dying, where everybody else are lost, while the broken don't have no one to speak to, to help them heal? After the invitation, come on up. Let your spirit guide you to be delivered. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you in your presence, rejoicing because what you have done. Thank you for being who you are. Thank you for the new day that you provided. For it is you and you only that sit on the righteous throne in heaven. And we pray that your spirit can guide us and comfort us. And we pray that we can be the light for others in the dark places, like how the stars are the light at night. And we pray that we can shepherd your sheep, that we can comfort them, and that we can feed them truth in life. 
Thank you for sending your son to die on a cross for us that he can be our salvation through you. That we can be back in your presence. And your authority we give praise to. Amen. Good evening. My name, my name is Luke Williams, and I am from Oak Hill Christian Church in Corinth, Mississippi. And today I'm going to be talking to you about straining toward the goal. In, in Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 14, talk about this. If you will, please turn your Bibles there. I have not yet received all these things. I have not yet reached my goal. Christ Jesus took hold of me so that I could reach that goal. So I keep pushing myself forward to reach it. I, brothers and sisters, I don't consider that I have taken hold of it yet. But here's the one thing I do. I forget what is behind me. I push hard toward what is ahead of me. I push myself forward toward the goal to win the prize. God has appointed me to win it. The heavenly prize is Christ Jesus himself. In this part of the letter to the church in Philippi, the Apostle Paul talks about three things to reach the goal. Here are the three points he makes. First, forgetting what is behind you. Psalms chapter 45 verses 10 through 11 talk about this. Forgetting what is behind you. So if you will, please turn there with me. Royal bride, listen and pay careful attention. Forget about your people and the home you came from. Let the king be charmed by your beauty. Honor him, he is now your master. This verse is talking about forgetting what's behind you and focusing on Jesus. That he is the master, the most important person in your life. Now let me tell you a story about forgetting what's behind you. So I play football. And the first game of the season, we lost 66-0. Kind of like, like, like what Ole Miss does to Mississippi State every year. But in the locker room after that game, at, before the second game, we were like, hey, let's just forget about that. Let's push forward what's ahead of us and forget about that loss. And then we went on a five-game win streak. Everybody say amen. Amen. While forgetting what is behind you is good, and you also need to push hard toward what's ahead of you. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24 talks about this. While you're, while you're looking at that, let me tell you an example. So some of you are hunters, right? You know how when something's up close, you use the iron sights? And when something's far, far away, you use a scope. And what's that cross-looking thing in the scope? It's called a crosshair. In this letter, the, Jesus is in the crosshair. You're aiming toward Jesus. You're trying to get to Him. Now, if you will, please turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24. In a race, all the runners run but only one gets the prize. You know that, don't you? So run in a way that will get you the prize. Let me give you an example 
my brother, Nathan Williams, he's back there, he runs track. He runs two miles. And on, that's eight laps. And on the eighth lap, he's 50, 60 yards behind the first place person. And when he's 300 meters left, he starts chicking it in. I'm talking, I'm talking 18 wheeler on steroids. But he starts going fast and he ends up beating the first place person by like a quarter of a second. That is a prime example of pushing hard toward what's ahead of you. Now, while forgetting what's behind you and pushing ahead toward what's ahead of you, push yourself toward the go. First Peter chapter 5, verse 10 talks about this. If you will, please turn there to First Peter 5.10. God always gives God always gives you all the grace you need so you will only have to suffer for a little while then God himself will build you up again he will make you strong and steady and he has chosen you to share to share in his eternal glory because you belong to Christ give him the power forever and ever amen Okay, while forgetting what's behind you and pushing hard toward what's ahead of you and pushing yourself toward the go, these are all three points that the Apostle Paul made that to get you to the goal. And that goal is heaven. Now I will tell you how to get to heaven. First, you must believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Secondly, repent of your sins. Turn away of your wrongdoings and focus on Him. Then, confess who Jesus is. Fourthly, be baptized. Baptism is the simple act of being immersed in water by another Christian. It symbolizes being buried and born again. Finally, live faithfully. Devote yourself to living for Jesus. In church, maybe you have been saved, but you're dealing with a sin that you can't get rid of. If so, you can come up here when we play the invitation song after these after these sermons, and you can ask me, Brother Greg, Evan, or Nathan, or other, any other of the guys, and they will pray with you about the sin that you can't get rid of. Let's bow our heads and pray. Dear Jesus, I pray that these people here, Lord, get, got something out of this sermon today, and I pray they would feel convicted and feel a change in their heart. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. My name is Alex Sproul. I am from Water Valley, Mississippi. I go to First Christian Church. First, I want you to flip me to Philippians 4, 4 through 9. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. 
And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard you, your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. I want to talk about rejoicing. Rejoicing is showing great joy. It is a call of joy to God. God grants us with joy, but how do we get joy? If you want joy, you don't need to gossip about everything. God will grant you the joy when you ask in the right way. If you gossip over and over, you're just losing your time to ask God for joy and peace. Well, I'm going to answer your questions of how do you get joy. What are some things in life that destroy your peace? Could it be that you're anxious or could it be that you don't feel like you're in good enough for God? There is nobody good enough for God except through Christ. Think about some think about things that build up your peace. Is it when you talk to God without anxiety but with proud and happiness? Or could it be when God finally answers your questions? God wants you to ask Him things, but you got to do it with joyfulness. When you ask Him with joy and pray that He will answer you, God will grant you with the peace and joy you ask for. When you give God the joy and thanks, He will pull all the anxiety out of you God doesn't want you to be anxious. He wants you to ask for joy with passion and gratefulness. Being rejoiceful to other people and telling them about Jesus makes people want to come and learn about God and rejoice Jesus Christ. I want to wrap this evening up with telling, telling you how God gave His lovely joy and peace to us. God showed us graciousness. We are to show every, graciousness to everyone else. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Let your request be known to God. I want to go back to what I said earlier. Nobody is good enough for God except through Christ. The Bible teaches us to be saved. That to be saved you must believe Jesus is the Son of God and that He has repented of your sins. If you would please stand during this invitation song. At this time, I want to ask that those who have not committed their life to sin that would come up here during this invitation song. What a fine job all of these six young men did. I hope you will join us on the RSM podcast again for one of our various programs, which include Just Preaching, Just Music, Frontline Servants, and preaching from the 20th century evangelist Fred Huckleberry, as well as sermons from our own Rock Solid Ministries evangelist. Until next time, this is evangelist Tom Weaver saying goodbye, and may God pour down his blessings on you like a Mississippi rain.